Hi, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Harrison Dula on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to Star Wars Bookworms. Enjoy. Even men like Talon Card occasionally make mistakes. This is the Chimera. Launch the attack. Time to go to work. You won't let me get killed, will you? Is that what I was supposed to be doing here? I should have brought my lightsaber. So, Teresa, are you still on your celebration high, or have you crashed yet? I'm tired. You're tired? Okay, so that sounds <laughs> like you've crashed. I can... No, I don't know if I can interpret a high or a crash, because I haven't gotten any decent sleep since I got back. Yeah. Oh, man. I actually it was took, fun. I took a day. I took a day. I, I didn't plan to take a day from work the day after celebration, but... Once I got home, I, you know, that long flight from the West Coast back to the East Coast, I lost three hours, and I pretty much just slept all day on Monday. You would. But I feel I good now, though. Like a real person. You went to work like a real, like a responsible adult. Yes. Yes. Well, I went to work today, but. So. Well, it's been how long now? It's only Two been. Two days? Yeah, it's been a couple days. Um, I'm think, I think I'm still on a high because I think about it and I get really happy and then I get on Twitter and then I see everybody still talking about it so it's almost like it's not over yeah. almost except for the fact that I'm at home <laughs> well they have the live stream stuff I guess that you can still go back and because that's one of the things about celebration is you know the schedule so packed that you miss a ton of stuff so I guess you can still go back and watch some of the things that you missed right yeah, I've already been doing that. I started watching Saturday stuff. Um, it's pretty cool. There was a lot of stuff going on that we didn't even know about, <laughs> which is so cool because it's like, wow, well, that was happening, and I missed it. So I guess we should talk a little bit about our um, our experience, and I think everybody's experience at Star Wars Celebration starts off with um, The Force Awakens. But I guess before that, we should probably introduce the show. <laughs> yeah. See? I'm tired. <laughs> so I, this is episode 41 of Star Wars Bookworms. Um, episode 40 yep. w- was our live panel uh, that we did, and we'll talk a little bit about that in a little bit. But this is episode 41, and this episode is going to be all about just talking about what we did at Celebration, and and we're going to also play some author interviews that we got. Um, and then we got a special bonus interview post-Celebration with an author that was at Celebration, but we were too busy to go to his panel. Because we had a ton of stuff going on. But uh, we will get to all of that. <laughs> wow, we sound rude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you say it like that. Uh, Not because we didn't want to go to his panel. Because no, both of us did. did we had it on our schedule. But, you know, author interviews came up and conflicted. And we weren't able to make it. But, um, but before we get into all the interviews, let's just talk about kind of our experience at Celebration. You were already starting to talk about the first thing that we did, which was wait in line to see the Force Awakens trailer. Yeah, I mean, it's not like we waited all night. We didn't wait all night, we although I think we had thought about it. We did think about it, and we had our badges, so we could have done it. But ultimately, we decided, we let's just get up super early in the morning, and then we'll just get into one of the overflow rooms. That was our plan, right? That was our plan. But That's not what happened. It <laughs> didn't happen that way. We, we got down there. Uh, we waited in line to get some coffee, or at least... Some of us no, did. You were you, ta- waited in line. you were tapping your foot impatiently, like, why are we, we getting coffee? Go. We, we should be go. in line. 
But yeah, so we get to the the queue hall, and basically everybody's already telling us, you know, they've already capped off the main room, and so we're just going to end up in one of the overflow rooms. So we get in line, and we got kind of lucky. Yeah, we did. Um, when they came and walked around with the wristbands, they gave us wristbands for the main celebration stage. Now, granted, we were like way, way, way up there, um, and for somebody who's afraid of heights, like you um i wondered if that was going to be a problem <laughs> i am not afraid of heights like, don't look down don't look down that tower is not of terror would say otherwise no no no. tower being on the tower of terror and having it, the bottom drop out and just drop you into nothingness that's not being afraid of heights that's being afraid of falling <laughs> 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 well whatever you want to call it um yeah we were pretty high up there but honestly we had a really good view and we could see the screen really well so and it was a big screen. It was and a we were, giant. When you say we were pretty screen. high up there, we were as high up there as you could be because we were literally on the back row. So, we were on the back row. But it was fine. It was. I mean, the only thing I would say is it was kind of hard to see the people on the stage. They were pretty far away. But they had these giant screens that everything was projected on anyway, so you could still see everything that was going on, no problem. Right. And, and it was good. I was happy that we ended up in the main room. I know we had both kind of... We had already resigned to the fact that we weren't going to get in the main room. So when we did, it was a surprise, but it was also it was awesome to be in there because I think that main room probably had a little bit of a different energy level than some of the overflow rooms that were you just watching on a, a video screen. Oh yeah, definitely. So do you want to talk about the trailer a little bit? I mean, the panel was cool. Yeah, the and panel have, was cool. I have one I have one highlight from the panel. I guess maybe we should each pick a highlight. I know what mine is. I know you what yours is too. <laughs> I know what yours is and I'm going to steal it. <gasps> no. <laughs> no, um maybe I am going to steal it cuz it probably is the same highlight as me. Uh, I mean it was just awesome to see all the actors from the the new and they they hadn't announced, you know, when we knew this panel was happening, they we knew JJ Abrams was going to be there and we knew Kathleen Kennedy was going to be there, but they hadn't announced who the other special guests were going to be and it ended up being everybody. You know, they had, you know, Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher and Peter Mayhew and Anthony Daniels and then the whole, you know, the new cast as well. Um, Not all of them. Well, we had John Boyega and we had Daisy Ridley and we had, um, I'm blanking on Poe Dameron. Yeah, I know his character name, uh, Oscar Isaac. So that was it, right? That was everybody? No. No? Who else did they have? That wasn't everybody. Who else did they have, Teresa? BB-8. Oh. <laughs> was that your mo- was that your the one you were gonna pick the moment? Yeah. Okay, me too. He BB-8 was definitely the coolest. Is amazing. He's the coolest droid ever. You're sorry, R two. He was I the coolest ya. cast member. Oh, they had R two, oh, right? Holy, he came out yeah. too, right? Oh, holy buckets! <laughs> yeah, BB-8, BB-8 was for real, for real. Yeah, it was so cool to see him, like you know, the real live thing rolling out on stage, and um, it was. It was kind of uncanny the way he moved and the way it was hard to wrap my mind around a little bit. Yeah, well, they did talk about the technology that they had to go and find like super secret, <laughs> crazy technology for him. So, but he's really awesome. He's cute as a button, and I want to hug him. And he can dance. <laughs> he can sway. He can sway dance. <laughs> But, I yes, love him already. Very cool, very cool. That was that was probably the most exciting part of that, which is kind of weird to say when he's the only non-real, you know, there's not a real person in there, but something about it just, uh, it was like you were actually seeing a, a character that was straight from the Star Wars universe, and it was it was pretty cool. 
What was like you were? We were. Well, considering the Star Wars <laughs> universe doesn't actually exist. What are you was... talking about? <laughs> Not to burst your bubble. Darn. So let's get into this trailer a little bit. I first want to note that Aaron cried. You know what? I mean, it's obvious that I cried, but Aaron cried. It's funny because when I was at the convention, you know, I did. Yeah, I admit it. I cried. And I think a lot of other people did too. Um, oh, they did. But it's funny because when I was at the convention and admitted that I cried, it it was something that like everybody was just like, yeah, man, me too. And, you know, nobody kind of gave you a weird look. They just got it. When I came home and, you know, I'm at the office today and people were asking me about the trailer and I said something about crying, everybody just kind of gave me this really like odd looks like, really? You cried over a movie trailer? But they weren't there. They don't know. They don't get it. But Clearly. yeah, so. <laughs> yeah, it was it was emotional. Um, I think if I had just seen it like on my computer sitting at home, you know, I probably wouldn't have had the same reaction. But something be about being there with thousands of other Star Wars fans that were just as excited as I was, and just you know having all that energy in the room, and the music and the big screen, and just realizing Star Wars is coming back. Yeah, it it did bring tears to my eyes. Oh, no, I've watched it on my computer since I got home, and I still cried. You still cried? <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So Big it, time. It, it was a good trailer. I really liked it. Um, you know, we had some pretty cool moments in there. You have the opening scene with the, you know, a wrecked X-Wing fighter, and then they pan over, and there's this gigantic, you know, Star Destroyer as well that's, you know, been uh, wrecked on the planet Jakku, I think, as they said was the name of this mm-hmm. planet, not Tatooine like we all thought. Um. Darth Vader's melted mask, um, Luke Skywalker voiceover talking about his family and the Force, and everybody's like, oh, you know, does that mean that Rey is his daughter, or is it his niece? You know, there's all kinds of things that you can kind of draw from it, but what were some moments in the trailer that really stuck out to you? BB-8 looking around a corner, Um, all the stormtroopers, Kylo Ren's awesomeness, and his face mask, I was like, who feels, um, bad guy power, uh, <laughs> and, um, um, oh, well, the end, of course, the end was just insane when you just hear Han's voice say Chewy, and then the image comes on the screen, and you're just like, ah, Chewy, we're home. Oh, my gosh. Where's home? (laughs) Yeah, they end it with that, you know, Han Solo, Chewbacca, back on the Falcon. So, yeah, that was pretty awesome. And we haven't even seen, we haven't even seen Luke Skywalker yet. We haven't seen, we haven't seen Princess Leia yet. You know, we really don't even know a lot about the story at all. There's still so much unknown, but just these two trailers that we've gotten, I'm already convinced that it's going to be the best Star Wars movie that's ever been made. We don't know anything about the story. Yeah. I mean, I, I know there's a lot of spoilers out there, but me and you have tried to stay spoiler-free. So if, if you know, some of our listeners were, might be thinking, what do you mean you don't know the story? The whole story's out there. You know, we're purposely staying away from spoilers. But just based we, on... We purposely ran away from conversations at Celebration when we noticed it taking a spoiler turn. We're like, see you later. Yes, that did happen, actually. <laughs> and, and oddly enough of somebody that we really wanted to talk to yeah <laughs> we were waiting to talk to them and all of a sudden we hear them bring it up like oh i'm gonna start talking about spoilers and we both were just like turn around 
run away. <laughs> Turn around and walk away. So. <laughs> so, I think the main part of Thursday was that. And then on Friday, we actually had um, some interviews to do. And you guys are going to hear that this episode. We interviewed Christy Golden and talked to her about um, Dark Disciple. And I loved that interview. So, I hope you guys do, too. And then we talked to John Jackson Miller um, and he had some great insight into some things, which was pretty fun. And then we also talked to James Lucino, which was really fun to do. We have never talked to him before, and I can't wait to have him on the show for a longer interview. But, I mean, he's like one of the kings of writing evilness, and we all know how I love evil. <laughs> yeah, his interview was very fun. And actually, I, I kind of kicked myself because after we ended the interview, then we asked him a couple more questions just for our own sake, and he started talking about more awesome stuff. And I was like, "Why didn't I leave the recorder on?" You know, because he he had so much more to say after the recorder was turned off. So yeah, we definitely need to get him on the episode or get him on an episode and do a full length interview. Agreed. But um, let's talk about our panel a little bit. So if you haven't listened to episode forty, then you're missing some really really cool stuff. We had planned to have Drew Carpishan on the show for the first 15 minutes, and we did, which was great because I love him so much. But we also had a surprise guest, Daniel Wallace, who we've been trying to get on Bookworm Tour forever, actually came to our panel, and we couldn't pass up the opportunity to have him. So we brought him up on stage, and it was actually really good because they um, really worked well with each other as far as discussing things that they've done, and it flowed really well, I thought. Oh, definitely. It was, it was awesome that Daniel Wallace showed up and we were able to get him on stage. And then we had, you know, Drew and had we opened it up to audience questions, which was really cool. And um, you know, got some good questions asked. And then we kind of flowed from that into uh, like our roundtable with our friends. We brought up uh, Jedi Schwa and Mark Newbold, and we did a quick little roundtable about each of us gave three of our favorite, you know, written works and uh, had little discussions about them. And then we even did a quick uh, lightning round at the end and all gave another one. Um, yes, but we did discover that um, Mark Newbold and I need to do two shows. One is called Mark and Teresa Actually Read Books. <laughs> the other one is called Teresa Watches Mark Read um, New Jedi read Order. Books. <laughs> or, <yeah. laughs> no, no, no. No, the New Jedi Order is the one we both need to read. Okay. Um, it's Mark and Teresa Actually Read, or Teresa Watches Mark Read a Book. Um, so yeah it did seem like be looking for that soon it did seem like as we were going through everyone's favorites it was it was also a exercise in calling each other out for things we hadn't read yet (laughs) yeah like what do you mean you haven't read that but yeah so but that was really fun i loved having those guys on they both were so fun to talk to and uh we we got some some good conversation um and it was very you know varied like very varied yeah, it was very varied. We had comics, you know, we had novels that were some favorites. We had reference guides, uh, even some. I forget one of Jedi Schwa's was was a pretty random an art book. Art book, yeah, like a kind of an old, you know, art book from way back when. Yeah. Um, Mark Newbold yeah, picked like I, a single I'm issue the... of a Marvel comic, so yeah, we have a lot of cool stuff that we talked about. So definitely check that out if you haven't listened to it yet. Yeah, and when you do, just know that I picked my stuff prior to knowing that Drew and Daniel Wallace were going to be on the panel. Just keep that in mind. You knew Drew was I wasn't. Coming. I didn't know 100% for sure when <laughs> I made my list. 
Yeah, you only picked things that they wrote, I think. I only, yeah, my list pretty much consisted of stuff that was from both of our guests. Um, that's not true. I had one thing different, I think. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, so, yeah, it went really well. And a special shout-out to the Star Wars Report and to Bethany and Riley Blanton for being super supportive, helping get all of our stuff set up to Riley Blanton for recording all of our audio. Um and everything like that because we really couldn't do the show without them and we are very happy to be a part of the star wars report network so definitely i don't think we say that enough yeah do and yeah. and then we had to cap it all off we brought up eris Schoenweiss who uh talked about the different books that del rey's doing and they did make some announcements um at the convention at the time of our panel they hadn't done their big del rey panel yet but we did already know about the new battlefront novel that was coming out and he couldn't really tell us anything about it but um, but he did discuss a little bit about their their upcoming novels, and then we gave away stuff. Yeah, we actually had a lot more stuff to give away. So if you missed our panel, you missed um, four copies of Ultimate Star Wars, written by Daniel Wallace, Trisha Barr, Adam Bray, and um, Ryder Windham, and it's it looks like a really 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 cool book. So we're really happy to have had all of them on the show now, except for Ryder. Um, and we got to hang out with all of them a little bit, and that was really cool. We also gave away a whole bunch of um, Revan, Annihilation, Children of Fire, and Scorched Earth books that Drew Carpishan has written. Um, and we also gave away eight copies of Lords of the Sith. So we had a lot of stuff to give away. And if very, you, very If you did come to our panel, we really appreciate it because we going into this celebration, we were really excited about doing this live, you know, on stage. Uh, bookworm show but you know there's always that wonder you know who's going to show up you know um, but we really were overwhelmed by you know the attendance and I remember as we were kind of prepping for the panel and as Teresa knows I get nervous before these type of things um, I was a little nervous and I had forgotten something in the car and I had to run back and get it and as I'm going back I'm looking at this gigantic line outside and I'm like who what are you guys waiting for and they're like we're waiting for Star Wars bookworms and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, it was just this, you know, gigantic line. And we, you know, we actually packed the room and they actually had to turn people away, sadly. We actually had some close friends that weren't able to get into our panel because there were so many people um, that that wanted to check it out. So we really appreciated that. So if you were one of those people, thank you so much for showing your support. Yeah, and we are actually going to have um, some video of the entire panel up on my YouTube channel and I will let you guys know when that goes up. So, um, anyway, so let's see, moving on, we ended up, um, Saturday going to the rebels panel. And honestly, that was probably the most exciting panel for me from the whole entire show. But that's just because I love rebels. Like love it. So yeah. Much. I love rebels too. Oddly enough. That's but, surprising. Yeah, isn't that weird? Um, yeah, we both got to do that, and we had, um, luckily, we were able to get press for that, so we got some really good seating, and all of our friends were there. You know, it seemed like everybody we knew, other podcasters, other bloggers, were all kind of in that same area, so we got to really make it a group experience and watch that big panel with all the actors from Rebels uh, coming out on stage, and then... They gave us a huge, awesome trailer for season two, uh, which was amazing to watch. We got we act, they actually played it twice, which seems like the thing to do now at these conventions. Where they play it once, 
wait for everybody to get super excited and say, do you guys want us to play it again? <laughs> and then they play it again. So it was, it was really cool. Yeah. I mean, it was, the whole panel was really fun and, um, there were some great questions asked and things like that. And the cast interacts really well with everybody, but the trailer was very cute because the cast main cast, we're talking about, um, Steve Bloom, Tia Sircard, Taylor Gray, Vanessa Marshall, and Freddie Prince Jr., they actually hadn't seen the trailer. So they all, you know, went and sat on the floor of the stage, like, so that they could look at the big screen because they hadn't seen it yet. And you could just feel their excitement. And I think Vanessa almost died um, <laughs> because they had to help her get up. <laughs> so, but let's talk about that trailer for a minute. Um, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, so much happened in that trailer and, a lot, and some of the big things that happened in the trailer, we actually got to see later in the, in the season premiere of season two, which are we allowed to which talk we about? We will that? not talk about. No, we're not. Well, we are. I mean, I guess we're allowed to, but I'm not going to. Oh, okay. So we're not going to spoil, spoil that it for anybody. And we also don't know when they're actually going to release season two of rebels. So we're going to be sitting on this for, who knows how long. Okay, so we won't spoil it. We won't talk about it. We did go see the season two premiere, which was awesome, but we didn't. We won't spoil it. But we will talk about what we saw in the trailer. Is that fair? That's fair. Okay. So in the trailer... But you can't reference that it's in the episode. I won't. So <laughs> You can just talk about it in the context. In of the context the of just the trailer. Yes. We saw... Now, man, I'm afraid I'm going to like say something that I thought was I in the trailer. I've got you under control. <laughs> So, yeah, so in the trailer, one of the big things is we have some returning characters from, well, returning from Clone Wars, not from Rebels, yeah. from Clone Wars, yeah. which is the more and more that I'm seeing in the, the trailer that I saw for season two, I'm starting to feel like Rebels is not just a separate animated series. It almost seems like a, a, a sequel to the Clone Wars now. It is not a sequel. It is its own thing. Do not do that. I get that it's show. its own thing, no. but when you no. have that it's many. It's not a sequel. When you have that many characters carry over, no, it, it starts to feel sequel. like at least a continuation or a spinoff the, of. It's not a spinoff. It is not a sequel. And that's the reason they're being very careful about bringing other characters over. It is just They're not being like, that careful anymore. Yes, they are. How many, yes, how many just are. in that trailer, how many Clone Wars characters did we see? Five? Clone Wars? That, what are you talking about? We Vader? saw Ahsoka. Yeah, but Ahsoka got introduced. But we are, but she's from Clone Wars. I'm talking about Rebels in general, not just season two. We saw Ahsoka. We saw Rex. Mm -hmm. We saw Wolf. No, that's not confirmed. Okay. So you cannot. Ninety nine percent. All right. Well, no. Most likely Wolf, and we saw Hondo and Naka. Yeah. So that's at least four, and then there was another clone there too, which I believe will probably be from Clone Wars. Those don't count because they aren't confirmed, so there's three. So we know at least three and probably five characters just in the Season 2 trailer. So that's a lot of characters from the Clone Wars. I disagree. Because <laughs> you disagree that five's not... a lot? I disagree because they're introducing Rex with a couple of his other clone buddies, and that is all you know possibilities of things that could have happened, but it's not like they're bringing in a ton of characters from the Clone Wars and making it, you know, the Clone Wars. The entire Star Wars saga all goes together, but it doesn't make Rebels a sequel to the Clone Wars. And, like, I know you love the Clone Wars, but I just can't get behind that. 
Okay, maybe a sequel is too strong of a word, but it's definitely carrying on the story of the Clone Wars. And having Ahsoka come over alone is... Well, it would is... have to. It would have to, because... Uh, it, could be its, it could definitely be a, its own entity. If they, didn't, if they decided not to bring in any characters from the Clone Wars, which I thought was what they were going to do, but once you bring Ahsoka in, it's, it's a Clone Wars. I mean, it's, that's a Clone Wars no, character. but it's not. It doesn't matter. She's a Star Wars character. She's not a Clone Wars character. She's a Star Wars character, just like all of them. And the Clone Wars goes straight into Revenge of the Sith, and this story is telling the, diff- like, the in-between Revenge of the Sith and A New Hope, and not everybody has to die just because they weren't in the film. Oh, I, did, I never said that. So we will, so we will agree to disagree on this one. I think it very time. much is a continuation of the Clone Wars. Um, and you seem to want to leave Clone Wars way in the past. Well, no, it's not that. It's just that I can see the difference. And I don't think that Ahsoka is a Clone Wars character. I think she's a Star Wars character. They all are Star so. Wars characters. I will I will agree exactly. with you there. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> Who knew we were going to get into that argument? Um, <laughs> but <laughs> the trailer was awesome, though. That's something I think we can both agree on. And I think we're both very excited about the characters that they they decided to bring in. Um, we are. With, with I am curious, though. Are you more excited about Rex or about Hondo? Huh. I th- I love Hondo as a character, but to me, he was always very much a side character, you know, kind of a, a funny, you know, for funny gags or whatever. But Rex was kind of one of the main characters to me. So the fact that he's still around and he's going to play a part to me is a little bit more exciting than Hondo. Although I, I really am happy that Hondo's back, too. I hope they bring Cad Bane back sometime, but who knows? That that's that's probably the I... last character from the Clone Wars that I would be like, I really want to know more about him. So it, I think it'd be cool if they brought him in at some point. I love Cad Bane, but I don't really want to see him in Rebels. I don't think there's a place for him. Um, I would rather see like the introduction of Han Solo than really than Cad Bane. Yeah, just because we've already seen Lando, so we know there's something going on there. You know, so I'd like to see the introduction of maybe like Han Solo and the Falcon in some way so that we know that they exist um, going into A New Hope. And there's got to be a way that, you know, all of that kind of ties together. I don't know. I'd rather see that. But um, was there anything else in the trailer? I know we kind of we kind of already have talked about a lot that we saw. Was there anything else in the trailer that really, you know, got you excited? Um. Well, I'm pretty sure that I hit you when Hondo came on, so I'm sorry for that. <laughs> I'm used to it. Because <laughs> <laughs> uh, I know I jumped up, but I feel like I smacked you really hard. Um, I think for me it was the altercation that we see between Vader and Kanan and Ezra. Because in the trailer we see that come to – we don't see how. We just see them come to a point where it looks like Ezra is going to be killed by Vader using the Force to turn his lightsaber against him. Um, so that was a pretty sick scene. Like, sick. Yeah. <laughs> um, we got to so... see Kanan and Ezra both go up against Vader and both of them – didn't fare too well and it kind of ends on ezra with a lightsaber to his throat and then that's the end of the trailer so yeah yeah that was really cool definitely it was it was very very cool so then i guess um we can't really talk about the screening but we were there and it was very cool we got to see the season finale and the first two episodes of rebels um kind of all in one big mini movie and um i'll just tell you guys this this season is 
like taken up to like 15 on the volume scale it is going to be intense and crazy and amazing so and also one more thing from the trailer that i think we forgot and i think they're going to be facing some new um challenges now that the inquisitor is gone Um, we know they're going to face vader we saw that in the trailer but there's also some other lightsaber wielding bad guys they're new inquisitors looks like they're new inquisitors that are coming at least two that we saw in the trailer so that could be very interesting yes yes and then also on saturday was the fangirls going rogue podcast panel and um, I hope some of our listeners of this show went to that show and because it was another packed room and it was really cool and I appreciate everybody for coming to that. So And I appreciate you, Aaron, for being on the panel. Yeah, that was fun. I was glad to be a part of it. It was cool to do our own show, but it was also cool to be part of your other show and do a segment on there with you guys uh, talking about celebration and, you know, how excited we were in different moments and stuff like that. So it was, it was very cool. And I appreciate you guys asking me to do it. All right. Well, do you have, um, like, we'll just run through our top three things really quick from celebration. How's that sound? Top three. Oh, I don't have anything prepared. Okay. Okay. Um, so my number three would actually be, um, getting to spend the last day sort of hanging out with you and our friend, Eric Geller and the, um, Rebels cast and getting to see what they go through when it's autograph signing time. And man, those people are troopers, like really, really severe troopers. So if you're going to go to an autograph line or whatever, be super nice because having a smile plastered on your face for hours at a time is gotta be hard. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun. That, that last day we kind of decided to just chill out. We didn't really go do too much around the convention, but you had the opportunity to kind of uh, hang out with Vanessa Marshall, and then I kind of rode your coattails and and tagged along (laughs) for a lot of it, which was fun. Um, Yeah, we got to kind of, you know, see some of the behind the scenes of what they do, and we we had the opportunity to to hang out with her a little bit kind of back backstage, I guess you could say, and and a couple other really big-name celebrities walked around right beside us back there, which I kind of blew my mind. Lady Williams, Maybe Mark Hamill. Mark Hamill. Oh my gosh. <laughs> They're like, hi guys. But it was so, <laughs> we were in such hi. a, yeah, we were like so not in fan mode because we were kind of somewhere where it was very special to be. So neither of us wanted to kind of act all, you know, fangirl flaily. So Mark, when Mark Hamill walks by me, you know, there was a part of me that wanted to get up and give him a really big hug, but I didn't. I just smiled and very not cool (laughs) oh not at all that that probably would have ruined the rest of the day for us if i had done that so yeah i was able to control myself and uh but yes it was very cool to kind of get that behind the scenes look at some you know what these these star wars celebrities uh do when they're going to these signings and you know it is it's it's tough for them it's 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 some tough work um and i think it's probably a little bit draining for them you could tell but they you know they enjoy the fans and it was really fun to to watch that stuff so another one of mine was going over to the tops digital booth and getting our celebration card back and access to the special green celebration cards so did you get them all that was i have them all yes and i have rebels ahsoka and rebels vader um the green celebration version so very yeah. excited. I I got them all. I didn't even realize I had gotten them all except for today I decided to check it out and see how many more I needed and then I realized that I only need one more. 
and um, that's the green Vader. So if any of you guys out there have an gr extra green Vader, um, shoot me a trade offer. I actually have <laughs> I have a pending trade right now, so we'll see if it goes through, and then I'll get them all. But yeah, that was that was kind of cool to 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 meet the tops guys and um you know do the whole tops traded card thing because i know both of us are i know you're way more into it than i am but i i enjoy doing it as well so that was pretty fun um delray booth was a fun place to hang out we got to go over there um it seemed like every time we went over there we got to see arish or one of the authors was over there we did, actually did our um we did our james lucino interview right in front of their booth they had this really cool you know picture up of uh the covers of tarkin and dark disciple or was it was it tarkin or lords of the sith now i can't remember they changed them, did actually. they change them okay mm -hmm. but i know they definitely had dark disciple up there which was really cool to see you know and i know christy golden is was very excited about that cover but um yeah so kind of hanging out around the delray booth was was one of my highlights um and then i think my last highlight was just seeing all of our friends and you know, the podcaster and blogger community is just so amazing, and we all kind of know each other, but now we all really, really, really know each other. So it was very cool, and then I collected like a thousand buttons from everybody's podcasts. But um, Andy Yuri from the Rebels Report did a really cool thing. He took all of the pinbacks off of all of the buttons, and he put some, he glued strong magnets to the back of them, and now they're all fridge magnets. So I'm going to do the same thing. Yeah, I saw I saw him post that on Twitter today. That was a really cool idea, and it was cool to see that one of his magnets was the Star Wars Bookworms button. Um, unfortunately, he wasn't able to get our Ewoks button, the the Zach Gialongo exclusive, because he he wasn't one of the first forty in the room. But um, but he did get our other one, so that was cool to see. Yeah, and I'll agree with you on that one. Um, you know, I'm just kind of copying your 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 highlights here, but. Uh, the whole you know seeing friends thing. I this is my that was my third celebration. First celebration I went to, I was all by myself, didn't know anyone. Met some people, met some really cool people that I'm still friends with. But definitely this time around, being my third time back, I knew so many more people and met so many people from you know all the other podcasts that we we either guest on or listen to, and other bloggers and just getting to meet them and hang out after hours and. And just building those relationships was, was definitely a highlight. Yeah, I miss everybody. Yeah. And then we have well, Star Wars Celebration uh, London, I guess, London. will be the next opportunity, which, you know, that's a, it's about a year away, a little bit over a year away, and that's on the other side of the pond. So it'll be a little bit harder to get to, but I think, um, you know, we'll see. I definitely want I to. I'm going to try. I want to go. Um. So really quick before we jump into these interviews, there's a couple of things that came out of the Delray panel that we wanted to mention. So um, Star Wars Battlefront, the video game, is also going to have a book, and it's written by a friend of the show, I guess, that we can't wait to interview again, Alexander Freed. So if you go back in our catalog, we have an interview with him kind of early on. Um, and we tweeted at him and everything, and he really is excited to come back on the show and stuff as soon as he can. And then also we learned that the um, – was it the – that the novelization for the film? Yes, and the novelization for The Force yes. Awakens is going to be written by the author of Splinter of the Mind's Eye, which is – Alan Dean Foster. Yeah, Alan Dean Foster, which, uh, which was kind of funny. We had just read – 
Splinter of the Mind's Eye for our book club, and then uh, we had heard that Alan Dean Foster was going to be at the convention, but I didn't put two and two together and think that he would be actually writing the novelization of The Force Awakens, but um, I think it's a good choice. I don't, I haven't read too much of his stuff, but um, I'm excited to see kind of a more modern writing style from him, because I know Splinter of the Mind's Eye was written in the 70s, so be interesting to see his uh, 2015 take on The Force Awakens. Yeah, I think that'll be really cool. But one thing we do know is that that novelization won't be coming out until even like after the film comes out. So yay for no spoilers. Yes, they said uh, just the ebook I think is coming out the day of release and then the actual novel itself isn't coming out until like the next month. Yeah. So, yep, they are definitely keeping keeping a clamp down on those spoilers. Well, why don't we just go ahead and jump into these interviews? Um, we're just going to kind of roll them one after the other. So we hope you guys like um, these interviews with authors from Star Wars Celebration. Yep, we're going to do an interview with Chrissy Golden, um, John Jackson Miller, James Lucino, and then we have an extra bonus interview with Jeffrey Brown, who was at Celebration, uh, but we did we did this interview after Celebration, and uh, he's going to talk about his Darth Vader uh, series Darth Vader and Friends is the one that's coming out, but he also did Darth Vader and Son and Vader's Little Princess and um, some other novel or some other books Good as night, well. Good night, Darth Vader. Good night, Darth Vader, and then the Jedi Academy book. So he's actually done a lot of stuff. Um, awesome cartoonist and writer, and so we'll be interviewing him as well. And I have some breaking news. I just got the Darth Vader card from Eris Schoenweiss of Delray. He actually just traded it to me. So did he really? Yep, that Woo! just happened live on the air. So thank you, Eris. I know you listen to our show. <laughs> and now on Thank to the you. interviews. <laughs> Hi, it's Teresa and Aaron here at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and we are joined by the author of the upcoming Dark Disciple, Christy Golden. How are you doing, Christy? Oh, I'm doing fantastic. Um, so what we wanted to ask you about, did you get a chance to see the, the trailer that came out yesterday the, for The Force Awakens? Yes, I did. Awesome. So pretty much everybody had a similar reaction. I know me and Teresa were kind of, we crying. got in the, yeah, crying was yep, crying. Kind of, <laughs> in a... That's the word I keep hearing when people talk about the trailer. It's like crying. What was the point? Did you? Oh, well, did you cry? Yes, I did. Okay. Yes, I did. What was the point in the trailer that that kind of caused the tears to happen? It it was cumulative. Uh, you know, first there's that amazing opening shot. You know, with the, yes. that visual impact, and then you hear not just Mark Hamill's voice, but Luke's voice. Yes. You know, it does not sound like he sounds when he's doing interviews. He's doing Luke, and I was just you know, so I just felt the goosebumps. And that whole, you know, I have it and you have it. And I'm like, oh, God, you know. So, and then um, my sister has it. And we see the pass of the lightsaber. And then, of course, that wonderful ending. And I think all of us, Harrison Ford is particularly in our hearts right now after that close call that he had. And so that, I think, was really extra sweet as in joyful, not sweet as in cute. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wonderful I, way to end it. It was the way, like, when you see Harrison Ford as Han Solo again yes. for the first time in a long time. And he and looks then, good. And you see Chewie, <laughs> and he looks like Chewie. You know? Yes. You look, yes. It's just like, oh, my goodness. They, yeah. So it was yeah. an amazing trailer. Yeah. So there's one thing that came up in conversation, actually, at dinner last night. So I was kind of curious if you caught it and then what your thoughts might be on it. 
When Luke starts talking, he doesn't say, my father had it. He says, my father has it. Yes. So as an author, what does that spur in your mind of all oh, the possibilities? My well, you know, the... The helmet, of course, is such a powerful visual. It's such a, a major, major thing. And then it's like, well, is he a force ghost? You know, what's going on? Is there a clone? I mean, there's there's so many options in this universe for how that could be manifesting. Or it could just be someone missed it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Meant to say had. So, Back to the editing room, guys. Yeah. So you have Dark Disciple coming up. That's coming out in July, right? Mm-hmm. And that's the one that is based on Clone Wars scripts. And so I was kind of wondering, what was your biggest challenge having to take something that someone else wrote as a script for television and turn that into a full-length novel? Well, actually, this is the third time I've done a novelization. Okay. And um, my first one was Invasion America back in... Uh, Invasion yeah. America, yes. wow. That is a blast from the past. It sure like, is. That cartoon. <laughs> Do you remember it? I think I'm too young for that yeah, one. Yeah, it's I'm kind of like a... It was kind of an anime style. It, it was completely anime, and it was before its time. Yes. Uh, the WB had no idea what to do with it. They're like, this is a kid's show. We'll air it Saturday mornings. And it's like, no, no. So uh, I, I think the that, that was one of the great opportunities that never manifested for me because I was invited to join the writing staff of the show if oh. it had been renewed. Oh, wow. So And it didn't. So it was like, oh, road's not taken. Uh, but I'm familiar with it, and I actually like doing novelizations because it's a really solid jumping off point and I have a pretty good sense of how to translate one medium into another and uh, so we went back and forth on a few things I'm like well I don't know that this scene it's a great action scene but it doesn't really serve the plot other than just to be an action scene Um, so we opted not to show that you can choose whose point of view you get to experience a scene in and uh, you get to create new scenes and new characters and I'm I was thrilled I got to create a whole new race oh so, yay the Marun which we you'll see in the uh, excerpt and so uh, so yeah it's 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 uh, a very harmonious way of working I think so I read the excerpt and the species you just mentioned was in it um, but it seemed like kind of what happened there was a, li- a final for at least one of the characters that was on that ship. Well, at least for her, yes. Okay, so did it, so that race does play further into the, the novel, not just the... Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it's not a major thread, but... Um, and my, my intention was to show that the planet was being attacked, and some were fleeing, and the refugees were killed, but there are plenty left on Maran to feel the iron fist of Count Gary, so... So we know there's probably not a lot you can say, but did you have a specific character that you really enjoyed writing? This was the first time you got to write Quinlan Voss and Ventress, right? So maybe out of those two, do you have one that you liked more than the other? I, I can't choose. Um, they were... One of the lovely things about this, uh, every now and then uh, uh, an IP will suggest a romantic pairing that you go, oh yes. You know, you didn't think about it, but when it's done, you go... You know, um, uh, for me, Blizzard did that with um, Calicos and Jaina, um, I was about to say Solo, <laughs> Jaina Proudmore, keep your Jaina straight, um, and this was the same. These two characters 
works so well together. It's a wonderful pairing. And uh, the book is fairly evenly, it's more Asajj's growth arc, so there's a bit more of her, but they're they're pretty evenly divided point of view-wise, and I really just enjoyed hanging out with them. You know, I wish I could, you know, go drinking with them or something. (laughs) Great companions. (laughs) Is um, Is there anything about the book that you think will shock... Star Wars fans and Clone Wars fans that they are not expecting? That's a very leading question, my dear. <laughs> um, I'm, good you at, have... I'm good at those. You know, I, there's, there's, there's a lot. Uh, one of the, the whole things of this book is that people are doing things that you do not think they would do. And I'll leave it at that. Sounds good. So Quinlan Voss is obviously one of those characters that already has a very fleshed out backstory in the Legends universe. Um, and obviously these new novels are, you know, they're canon and they're in, in line with the new canon and not necessarily in line with Legends. Did you use any of the Legends material as inspiration for his character or his, you know, his past or anything like that? Or did you kind of start fresh um, with, with some of those things? Well, considering that my job is to stick to canon, I can really only draw from okay. canon sources. I'm, I'm not high up enough to say, I'm going to take this because I like it and I'm going to make it canon. I have right. to do what they tell me is okay to do. Um, that said, I hear a lot of people kind of worried. They're like, but he's a surfer dude, you know? And I'm like, well, that was one episode of nine planned for him. And do you really get to know somebody in the first 10 minutes of meeting them at a party? Yeah. So uh, that is part of his personality, but it is certainly not all of it. So how do you feel about the cover art? When did you finally see it for the first time? Oh, my God, cover art. Well, well, authors are kind of the last to know anything. <laughs> so I first saw it when somebody tweeted it. <laughs> After the artist published it, put it up on his website and, and tweeted it, uh, somebody let me know, and my, just, my jaw just dropped. It is phenomenal, absolutely phenomenal. Um, the back cover art is every bit as good. It's just really... Um, it's stylistic, but it's not too out there. It's dramatic. It's bold. Uh, I love the highlighting of the tattoos. It, it's just, I could not possibly be happier with it. I think it's one of those really rare, practically perfect covers. So we talked to you a little bit yesterday at the booth, and you had said you kind of miss writing for those characters. You know, you, I do. So have you pitched or thought about pitching an idea for a sequel yet? Or is that something that you think could be possible? Right now, they're pretty much set with what they want to do. Um, so I'm going to wait for them to come to me. You know, who knows if this book sells really, really well. Um, certainly uh, further exploration of the, their, their histories and, and features and whatever is, is entirely possible. Cool. Okay, so if you could be any character in the Star Wars universe... Who do you think you would be? Hmm. Any character. I'm going to do one cop-out and one <laughs> far-out. How's that? <laughs> That's fine. Okay, my cop-out is Princess Leia because she is exact... Carrie Fisher and I are the same exact height, and I'm a brunette, <laughs> and I've always identified with that character, you know, because... So many willowy blondes are, get the, the center screen. I'm like, yes, a sharp brunette. Um, so Princess Leia. Um, and the far out one is actually a character that is um, 
I created in my book. She's a cameo, but I can't say too much more about it. But uh, you will learn things at the con um, that mean stuff. How's that? I'm bad at this. I'm bad at this. So since we are at Star Wars Celebration, is there any moment so far? We're only on Friday, so it's not like we're through all of it. Just like a moment that sticks out in your mind so far as being one of your highlights. Um, Well, of course the trailer. I think that's the one everyone's going to put that at the top of their list. Uh, That was really the perfect trailer. Just really spoke to all of us who were in love with it from the beginning. Um... The, the coming in and actually seeing my cover larger than life, uh, you know, when I was 13 years and, and glued to Star Wars again and again and again and again in the movie theater, I would never have guessed, never have guessed I'd be here with a book like that. Um, and also, I really enjoyed going to the, um, the missing Clone Wars thing yesterday, and uh, I got to meet Dave Filoni. And that was pretty awesome. And I got to meet uh, uh, Matt Lanter. Oh, wow. He was just, I was talk, going back to Dave talking to him, and Matt Lanter was right there. And I said, you know, I told him, I said, you did such a great job with Anakin. You know, I really grew to love the character through your performance. And I heard your voice in my ear every time I wrote him. So that was pretty cool. An unexpected treat. Yeah, it's racist. Well, thank you so much for joining us here at Star Wars Celebration. We're both really looking forward to Dark Disciple and uh, can't wait till it comes out. Thank you so much. I, I'm really hoping people will enjoy it. And if anybody wants to find you on the web and stuff, where can they go? Um, you can find me, uh, follow me at Twitter, and it's just Christy Golden, uh, capital C, capital G. Um, I'm on Facebook, and my website is www.christygolden.com. All right, Teresa and Aaron here at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and we are doing an interview with the amazing John Jackson Miller. Thank you for being here with us today. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you for calling me amazing. Well, you are. A New Dawn is probably my new favorite book. Uh, That's very kind. (laughs) It really is. I mean, I love the Rebels story. So um, we've we've talked about A New Dawn with you before, but for those that haven't heard that interview, um, what was your favorite part about getting involved in the Rebels world? Well, you know, it's a time frame that I had not had a chance to write in before, and really that not many people had a chance to write in before. It's in between episode three and episode four, and unlike my Kenobi novel, it's actually out in the rest of the galaxy, so we're getting to see what's going on. Uh, yeah, getting to talk about the rise of the Empire and uh, what was uh, uh, their process for taking over parts of the Republic and transforming its industries and, uh, you know, sort of showing them actually oppressing people. Uh, we don't get to see them doing a lot of oppression in the movies. Uh, I guess uh, Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru get oppressed. That's no good. Uh, the, the Jawas, they get oppressed. That, that's, that's bad. Alderaan, there's some oppression. Uh, but we generally don't... Uh, get to see day-to-day life uh, going on on an imperial world. And so I wanted to, with the planet that we have in this, uh, you know, the system that we have in this book, I wanted to show what it was like to live there during this time. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on at the convention here. Um, I'm guessing you got a chance to see the new Force Awakens trailer? Yeah, I actually saw the uh, trailer on uh, Leland Chi's cell phone because I was uh, not able to go because I had a signing 
uh, you know, the the uh, trailer was at the end of the thing that uh, I guess it ran over time or something, but whatever it was, uh, it was uh, it was while I was uh, at a desk with a pen in my hand, uh, which tends to be where I am normally anyway, uh, although with a computer instead. So uh, yeah, it was uh, it was certainly interesting to see, and it'll be interesting to see much larger uh, when I get a chance. So did it? I know, like we've been kind of talking about how it had a big emotional impact for a lot of people that saw it. Did you feel like I know you saw it on a tiny little screen, but did you have any kind of like emotional reaction to it? Any certain well, scenes that were in it? Certainly, seeing uh, seeing Han and Chewie there at the end—that's that's the cool moment for somebody who grew up with all that. So, yeah, uh, it, it'll be it'll be great to see on the big screen, and uh, it'll be great you know, for my kids to see this uh, sort of stuff for the first time because they've never seen a Star Wars movie in the theater. Yeah, you know, one of the cool things that I just realized is my oldest nephew will be 14 when The Force Awakens comes out, and that's how old I was when I saw my very first Star Wars film in the theater of The Phantom Menace. So um, it'll be a cool experience. So with that scene with Han and Chewie, when he says, Chewie, we're home, yeah. how did you interpret that as far as where he's home to? <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, I would assume that the, wherever the, the spaceship is is home, for one thing. Uh, as for beyond that, I'm really trying not to uh, overanalyze or, or, or guess at this sort of thing because uh, anytime I make any kind of guesses about something like this, yeah, people assume that I have some sort of inside information. Uh, and uh, the last thing I want to do is have uh, have people say, well, John Jackson Miller said this, <laughs> and uh, he must know something. And I, I that, So that's the last thing I want to do. So when you see a trailer like that and you see, you know, Han and Chewie kind of, you know, 30 years older and you see some of these new characters, as a writer, are you kind of hoping that, you know, or itching to write some of those characters? Oh, you know, it's a great sandbox to play in. Uh, And whether the sands are Tatooine or, uh, I guess, Jakku is what it is. It sounds French. Uh, It's, uh, I I would, uh, I would, uh, certainly it's one of those things I'd uh, obviously uh, love to, uh, you know, get the suitcase out and go back to wherever it happens to be. So, since you did write about Rebels, have you had a chance to actually watch any of the series? Yes, I've watched the whole series uh, to date, uh, and uh, it's certainly great, uh, you know, especially uh, as the series goes along and, you know, I see more of the interaction with Kanan and Hera that I knew that they were planning on doing. Uh, you know, their relationship seems a lot more like, uh, you know, what it was that I had in mind. Uh, you know, and it, and that's that's uh, or it seems like an outgrowth of that uh, in a way that uh, I was I was hoping would work out. So yeah, it's uh, it's definitely been fun to watch. In the novel, you kind of the way it's written, at least the way I kind of felt or interpreted it, it seemed like. Hera was kind of keeping him at arm's length and was kind of just like not ready to get involved in any kind of relationship at this point. And they were a lot younger. But in the show, it seems like there's a lot more affection between the two characters. Um, when you watch the show, do you do you feel like there's some sort of a romantic connection there? Or is it just kind of uh, really great friends that have been traveling together for a long well, time? Well, it's much more of a family thing, I think, because they've been together for a very long time. Um, you know, there's a there's a Kanan makes a joke in a New Dawn uh, when he and Kan- uh, he and Hera and uh, Zaluna and Skelly are walking along uh, that it's uh, it's mom, dad, grandma, and the crazy uncle that they keep under the under the under the basement. Uh, you know, that's that's I think uh, the beginnings of a uh, yeah, a notion that that's that's sort of how they see themselves. 
Uh, and, you know, uh, certainly she was going to keep him at arm's length in the book for sure because uh, he was this drifter and uh, not necessarily somebody that she thought was going to be helpful to the cause. Uh, and it's the, really the purpose of the book to change that. So if you could write another book in the Rebels universe, is there any of the characters from the show that you would love to have a chance to write? Well, it would be interesting to write Kanan and Hera at a later point, for sure, uh, and you know, illustrate what what they what they would be like after some time had passed, uh, and uh, you know, you know certainly uh, Ezra and the other characters. Any one of them would be fun to sort of uh, sort of uh, you know play with their uh, their backstories and their their history. But uh, I think uh, you know having having uh, started with Kanan and Hera, it would be sort of interesting to see how they would be later on. But that's kind of really the province of the TV show. Yeah. It's true. So can we hope to see you writing any more novels in the near future for uh, Star Wars? Well, the very next thing I have coming out is uh, out this month. It's uh, a short story in Star Wars Insider 157, and it ties together uh, the events of A New Dawn and uh, Paul Kemp's uh, Lords of the Sith novel. Uh, It's the first time I've written Darth Vader, really, since uh, my very first comic book uh, nine years ago uh, for Dark Horse. Uh, As for things beyond that, uh, uh, as Yoda says, the future is always in motion. We will wait and uh, see. We will wait and see. So have you had any standout moments at this convention so far that you can think of? I mean, I know we're only two days in, but... Well, you know, the little kids that come up uh, dressed up and, and they want to get uh, their photos taken with, uh, with you, and they, they may not have uh, necessarily read uh, your books yet or anything like that, but they just know that you're part of the, part of the franchise, you're part of the whole uh, you know, creative engine behind this sort of thing. So that is, uh, that is always good. And certainly getting to come out here and, uh, and see everybody, uh, see all my friends in the business and uh, in the fandom, uh, that's always great. So the last time we talked to you, I think um, we did an interview with you, but it was before Kenobi even had come out. Mm-hmm. And since then, we've read Kenobi, we reviewed it on the show. And there was one point I wanted to bring up, and this is kind of a spoiler, so if anyone is listening to this and hasn't read Kenobi, but the way that you dispatched of the bad guy at the end, where he basically is trapped forever <laughs> in a <laughs> Tusken Raider outfit... That is maybe the most cruel thing I've ever seen happen to a character in a Star Wars book. It's uh, it is uh, it is bad. It is deserved, uh, and uh, it is. Uh, I thought that it was uh, fitting, and uh, you know, I, I, certainly uh, being entombed like that is is a frightening, you know, concept. There there are other other movies that have sort of similar uh, outcomes. Uh, I and that would spoil the movies to say which ones, uh, but but yeah, it's uh, it, it definitely it is something where I figured it would be the just desserts for that particular character. So one last question for you: um, Do you like writing bad guys more, or do you like writing the hero? You know, they're both fun. Uh, the bad guy, the, th- the, the thing with the bad guys is simply to try to make sure that everybody knows that they're not bad guys in their own minds. Uh, they have their own aims. They have their own goals. They just happen to be very antisocial in whatever it is that they're doing. Uh, so, I, yeah, I absolutely, uh, you know, I, 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 I'm interested in writing both the, the heroes and also the smaller people at the fringes of society. Uh, and certainly with, uh, with Kenobi, I got the chance to do that. Uh, and with uh, with the new dawn and and you know the miners, uh, you know, 
Okadaya is one of my favorite characters in that book because he's really at the fringe. He's 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 out there. Uh, Skelly is incredibly out there, uh, and and these are people that you would meet in your neighborhood, as as uh, they would say on Sesame Street. These are people that you would uh, meet if you were uh, on that uh, planet or in this galaxy, and. Uh, so I, I'm just as interested in writing the little people as I am the stars. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us here at Star Wars Celebration, and we hope that you have a good rest of your convention. Enjoy the show. If there's anybody looking for you, where can they find you? They can find me on my website, farawaypress.com, where I have behind-the-scenes notes on A New Dawn, Kenobi, and all the comic books that I've done, including the Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic series, which is being re-released by Marvel uh, this July, and the uh, Legends Epic Collections. Uh, and uh, they can also find me on Twitter at JJM Faraway. Awesome. Again, thank you so much, and have a good rest of your con. Thank you. Okay, Teresa and Aaron here from Star Wars Bookworms, obviously, if you're listening. And we are at Star Wars Celebration Anaheim, and we are with James Lucino, or Jim Lucino, whichever you prefer. And um, we're just here to do a short interview. So how are you enjoying Celebration so far? Uh, I'm enjoying it. It's it's frantic. It makes me feel like uh, Orlando a couple of years ago was like a little family gathering. This this is extreme, you know. But it's it's uh, it's fascinating. I'm I'm having a great time. Did you get a chance to see the Force Awakens trailer yet? I did not. I got into town uh, too late. Oh well, I didn't see it. No, I didn't see it when it was first broadcast. But I have seen it since. Okay. And uh, was very excited by it, uh, as I'm sure everyone in the world is by now. <laughs> So what was your viewing experience? We were talking to uh, John Jackson Miller, and he said the first time he saw it was on a cell phone, Leland Chi's cell phone, actually. Cell phone for me. Cell phone for you, too? iPhone 6. Okay. <laughs> so I turned it, you know, I turned it landscape, and uh, I got to watch it, yeah. So what kind of, uh, like, did you have any kind of emotional reaction to it with anything that came Well, I mean, I, like a lot of people, I think uh, that, that end when I saw um, Han and Chewie was just like, you know, a tingle up my spine. Uh, also hearing Luke's voice in the beginning. There were so many good moments, and I think the movie is going to just be filled with those kinds of, uh, of things that bring us back to the original trilogy. So I was really, I'm really excited about it. So we've been asking a couple of questions to people just about some of the things that were in the trailer. And one of the things is when Luke talks then with Vader's helmet, he said, my father has it, not my father had it. Uh-huh. I don't know if you caught that or not. And if I you did, did, I did hear that. Yeah. What did that bring to mind thoughts wise? Uh, well, you know, I can't really speak to it because I know what the plot of the film is oh, okay. so uh, <laughs> more speculation Never so mind. yeah I in fact I just got spoiled an hour ago on on everything and so I, I know where all that's going well then we <laughs> scratch that moving on <laughs> have you had one moment from the convention that's kind of a standout so far I mean it's only been two days um no, I, I, you know, I love the, the, the costuming, the cosplay and stuff. Um, so, I mean, at, at every turn, every time I'm in an elevator with someone in a costume, that's, that's a high point for me. <laughs> yeah. So, Tarkin. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was reading Tarkin, I was kind of surprised about the, the background for the character. Right. Uh, we have, you know, when you see him in the films, he seems kind of like somebody that might have, you know, been from a wealthy family and kind of always, you know, had everything easy. But then in the novel, we find out 
he didn't really necessarily have life quite so easy, and he right. kind of went through all that stuff on the planes and everything. Right. So was that a concept that you came up with um, for his it, background, or was it something that, you know, was a kind of, kind of um, thing? It came out of discussions that uh, I had with the story group. Um, it, having him come from um, a wealthy background um, felt a little bit like Palpatine to me, and... Um, writing a second evil character I didn't want to, to tread over that same territory again um, and once we came up with the idea that perhaps his, his planet was a colonial planet, uh, it opened up a whole new sense of, um, of his background for me So would you say that um, the it's kind of a triumvirate uh, leadership in the Empire at that point with the, the Vader, Emperor, and Tarkin yeah, is kind think, of at the same level almost? Yeah, um, yeah in a sense, uh, you know, you have a military leader, a political leader, and an enforcer. So, yeah, they do make a, make up a triumvirate of sorts. Yeah. yeah. So, you've written two books that have dealt with kind of like the dark side more characters. Than <laughs> more, more than two. More than two now, yes. <laughs> I, I, am, I am the dark side guy. <laughs> do you... Is that a side of the force and everything that you really like working in? Like? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, it, it's interesting because, um, and I've been quoting this, so I'm going to give you a quote that I've been using lately because it's going to be part of my workshop I'm doing tomorrow on writing evil characters. But um, C.S. Lewis, the guy that wrote The uh, Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, he was, yeah, he was talking about um, evil characters and how, in some sense, it's harder to write a heroic character because even on our best day, a lot of us would have trouble imagining ourselves doing heroic things. But for to create an evil character, you dig down deep into your baser instincts and let your reptile brain spew this stuff, and you've got a villain. So that's where I am right now. Well, out of the two of us, I am definitely... The, I'm the dark sider. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell by looking at you. Yeah. Hmm, I've heard that more than once over the past days of the convention. Yeah, he's very much the Jedi light side, and yeah. I'm I'm the dark side. Yeah. So good guys all the way. Yeah. Um, well, you know, I mean, that, that's another cool thing about villains. You know, that they can't be really too far from the heroes. They just have there has to be that mirror thing going on, like Batman and the Joker or any number of different teams like that. That's the those are the best villains. Even Lex Luthor, Superman. You can go on and on about that. So one of the things that I've always really enjoyed about your writing is you really like to tie in um, everything, the whole the whole world that's already been established. Did you find that a challenge when you're writing now Tarkin, which is now in the new canon as opposed to Legends? Were you still kind of trying to tie in any of the stuff that was previously in Legends, or was it a different you know, mindset? I, I didn't have any instructions to do anything in particular. Um, I just... Uh, I, I didn't really treat it as a, a, a non-Legends piece of writing. You know, I just sort of do what, I, what I'm doing. And I thought that if um, the story group or anybody had any issues, that I would hear feedback, you know, saying, no, you can't go there, you can't do this. But um, I didn't have that kind of feedback. So I, that hasn't been my experience yet, that I have to really make some kind of uh, dividing line between legends and canon. Well, we've never interviewed you before, so and we've asked this question to some of the other authors that we've talked to a while back when the Legends thing sort of happened. Yeah. How do you feel about the title Legends and kind of what happened with all of the novels? Um, you know, for me, I, I, for me, I can almost dismiss that Legends banner. Um, I, I just have my own 
uh, sense of the saga, the way it's played out, sort of almost like a, an alternative history. So all those stories are still in my head, and I think it's going to take more than um, a banner on a book to make me change my mind about what Tim Zahn did or what Mike Stackpole did or, you know, what any of us have, have done. All right, well, we thank you for your time. Sure. And um, hopefully you're really enjoying the convention. I know we are. Yeah. And uh, when is your panel? Um, I, my panel is tomorrow at, like, 5.30 or something. Tomorrow 5.30? Yeah, 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 I think so, 5.30. And that's remember. about writing for... <laughs> it's right about writing... Um, uh, evil characters, okay. or is it writing evil characters bad for one's health? Oh, okay. Like <laughs> no, I want to go to that. <laughs> yeah, I will go to that. Awesome. So, if anybody wanted to find you online or anything like that or interact with you, where could they do that? Well, I don't have a Facebook page and I'm not on Twitter, but anybody could write to me uh, if they wanted at uh, jlucino at aol.com. Okay, awesome. Great. Thank you for your time. No problem. Well, we are here um, just a little bit post-celebration with Jeffrey Brown, um, the author of Darth Vader and Son, Vader's Little Princess, and the upcoming Darth Vader and Friends. So, hey, Jeffrey, how are you doing? Good. I'm, I'm still celebrating. Oh, yeah. I think we all are celebrating still. There was a lot of stuff to continue celebrating, I think, until December. Yeah. <laughs> <So>. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very good name for a con, I think. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So definitely describes it. So we know you were at Celebration, so tell us a little bit about your Celebration experience and your panel that you had. Yeah, so I had a, a panel with along with Holman Wang, who uh, is one of the two brothers who um, created the Epic Yarns books for Star Wars. Um, I don't know if you've seen them, but it's felted wool characters, and um, actually, that that was a really interesting panel for me, just getting to see his process and hear about his experience of of making Star Wars books. Um, and then we had a great audience with lots of kids with questions, which is always fun. Um, and yeah, I had a couple signings, but in between, had a lot of time to just walk around and dig around for old Star Wars items that that I was looking for to pick up. So did oh. you did you find any of these old items that you were looking for? I did. I mean, I found I found one Presto Magic uh, sheet. Um, not the Hoth one that I was looking for, but the asteroid field. Um, and I the coolest thing I found though, I I don't rem- remember this particular book, but I'm a big fan of the the early Star Wars picture and storybooks that they did. Um, and I have a couple of them already, but there was one called the Wookiee Storybook, which has just these amazing, beautiful illustrations. Totally uh, not canon, but um, really, really fun to look at. Well, when you live in the world of books and comics, we kind of, we like to throw <laughs> out canon whenever we can. Because <laughs> there's so much cool stuff out there. So, so yeah, you... I, go ahead. Yeah, sorry. I I think you know, for me, um, you know, I I always ascribe to to George Lucas's original idea of that the films are canon and everything else is is extra and malleable and can be what it is. So, 
Were you actually able to see the Force Awakens trailer? I did. I watched it online, I think, Friday night or whenever. It might have been Thursday night. I don't know. It was probably as soon as they announced it. Um, I I discovered it online and, and watched it about, I think, four times. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any major thoughts on it or things that stuck out to you? I mean... No, I don't. I don't know. It's just. Uh, I think. Um, I feel like you get a little more of the story, uh, hinted at, and but you know, for me, my my view of the Force Awakens is just um, a chance to go into it as a fan after working um, for the past four years just on a lot of Star Wars projects, and um, this will be something that I don't have anything lined. I don't have any. Force Awakens projects lined up, so I don't need to worry about um, the material as as an author. And uh, so it's just kind of exciting to just sit there and and kind of be a kid again watching the trailer. So you said you don't have any Force Awakens projects coming up. As as a a cartoonist, do you have you at least kind of doodled any Force Awakens characters or played around drawing any of them yet? No. I I'm totally I totally just want to go to the theater and and be surprised. Originally, I was going to try and avoid watching the trailers altogether, hmm. um, but then the first one, someone sent me a link and and I I just I must have accidentally hit a button or something and and um <laughs> accidentally yeah, so, so then I yeah and I so I just couldn't I couldn't resist. But I'm I'm trying to avoid you know reading any spoilers and I'm I haven't looked at any like the production photos that get leaked out or I just want to you know I really want to have that experience you know of going to see this film in the theater and just being surprised and filled with wonder um I mean if you think about it this this is only the seventh time um we've been able to do that with a Star Wars film so I think it's a it can be pretty special you're exactly like me. I am avoiding spoilers like the plague and everything, but I'm a huge movie trailer person, so have I've very much looked forward to the trailers. Um, but let's dive into your Star Wars story a little bit. What are your earliest memories of Star Wars? I mean, my earliest memories are just collecting the trading cards, playing with the toys, and um, I spent a lot of time drawing Empire Strikes Back pictures, um, I had the you know the Empire Strikes Back notebook and the Return of the Jedi sketchbook, and seeing all that concept art was something that that I thought was really cool. And so I've I have a ton of drawings copying uh, those images, and um, yeah, collected all the trading cards. I remember I traded off um, a bunch, my, like basically my entire baseball card collection for just a handful of the first series of Empire Strikes Back cards. Um, and yeah, you know, I grew up with the toys and um, read all the books. So it was just, you know, as much a, much a part of my childhood as G.I. Joe or Transformers. I think those were like the, or actually probably more because I, I think just the Star Wars films were, were such a big, a big influence. So do you have a personal favorite when it comes to the films? Um, Empire Strikes Back, for sure. Um, 
I mean, I grew up in Michigan, so the the scenes on Hoth were, you know, that was basically like super easy for me to just walk outside and imagine I was there. And, um, and then I just, you know, I think Yoda is just one of the funniest characters and in Empire, he's just so funny. Um, and just the drama and the tension in that film is just at, a, at a, such a good pitch. So um, what's your favorite Star Wars character? I would, I mean, I would say Yoda, um, probably, although, you know, it's like, I, I really like a lot of the characters. I used to be really big in Han Solo. I had, I actually have, um, my mom saved all my childhood drawings and um, hidden amongst them were, were a couple fan letters to Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, well, it's actually multiple drafts of the same letter that I apparently never set, sent, but um you know, and I, I like a lot of the droids. I love R two D two, and I really like, like all the bounty hunters, IG eighty eight, and Dengar. You know, um, I like Lando. Lando's skiff guard costume was just. I think I probably chewed that helmet up into, an unrecognizable shape, um, playing with him so much. So as a fan. Um, you have been able to do what many fans would love to do, and that's contribute to Star Wars. Can you tell us a little bit about um, you know, how you got into writing for Star Wars? Um, it was really just a, a being in the right place at the right time and having the right people um, familiar with my work. Uh, what happened was um, Ryan Germick, who runs the Google Doodle team, had um, he was familiar with my auto my previous autobiographical work and he contacted me about um, doing some sketches for a potential uh, homepage doodle and their idea was to do something for Father's Day featuring how awkward an everyday father-son moment would be between Luke and Vader and um, you know uh, all my autobiographical work was about awkward everyday moments and I I had become a father myself and my son was four at the time, and I thought I'd just make Luke four years old and put him in all these parenting situations that I'm going through uh, at the time and did up a bunch of sketches. And in the end, Google decided to use a different concept. And I was really bummed until I realized I could I could take the idea to Chronicle Books, who I had worked with before but has also done a lot of books with Lucasfilm. And they were able to take it to the the project to Lucasfilm and get them on board and um, just kind of grew out from there. Well, that's really cool. So your inspiration for the first book, then the first book was Darth Vader and Son, correct? Yeah. Um, so that came from your own personal life then. What about um, Vader's Little Princess? Yeah, so I mean, one of the the things about the first book was it it was you couldn't really put Leia in there too without having it become something other than Darth Vader and Son. And um but she really deserved her own book. But I didn't wanna just completely go over the same territory of, you know, Leia being a four year old now with Vader. Um and it just kind of made obvious sense to 
have her growing up to be a teenager and um, not having a teenage daughter and not having been one myself, um, I kind of relied on uh, stories from my wife and um, and then also just some friends who have have teenage and young daughters and I kind of picked their brains and asked them for for ideas um, and so I tried to keep it as, as much based on on someone's real experiences even though it wasn't just quite as immediate as with the first book well one of the things I noticed first with all of these books is actually the um, the style of your art and your cartoon style has it always been that way or in what kind of influences did you have? Um, no, it's something that kind of developed, I think, over time. Um, my autobiographical work was uh, mostly drawn as a kind of an attempt to um, forget art school training and kind of draw straight from the heart, I guess. Um, but the more the more I drew in that style, the more finished it became and the more it took on kind of a particular sensibility um, and became less rough than it was initially. And when I, doing the Darth Vader books, um, you know, just the chance to draw Star Wars, I knew I wanted to do something full color and really lush and really spend some time on it. And at the same time, I, I think part of what I love about drawing is that kind of that rough immediacy and that feeling that you're you're seeing emotion really in the lines themselves and so um, these books are I think kind of an attempt to to balance those two things and have uh, really really detailed um, warm looking images that that are also really expressive so when you're writing these books, do you do you uh, kind of write them with a, a specific audience in mind? I know they kind of they're packaged as almost like children's books, um, but are you are you writing them with that sensibility? Um, not really. I mean, really, the only one that was written specifically for kids was um, the Good Night Darth Vader book, um, which um, you can also tell just from reading it it's it's set up a little differently it's not so much a collection of gags as just kind of watching every character and creature in the Star Wars universe go to sleep and um, that book came about because I kept hearing from parents who were reading the first two books as bedtime books and the first two books I really hadn't written for kids at all I had written for people like me who were um, Star Wars fans growing up and then we're now having kids of our own. And so I was really thought I was writing for adults. Um, but I, at the same time as I was writing in a way that I wanted a kid to be able to pick up the book and look at it, you know, I didn't want it to, to be, you know, super edgy or adult humor. Um, I want it to be kind of all ages friendly, even though I, I thought the, the tone and subject matter was was more aimed at adults, and so it's really kind of an accident. Just that kids kids just have really liked the books as much as they have. Yeah, we got well, they. Go ahead. Um, they sent us 
uh, copies of your books so we could look at them. And um, I have a three-year-old son, and when I opened the package, his eyes just lit up. You know, he just, he saw the pictures on the covers, and he, you know, couldn't get them out of my hands fast enough. And I think he he actually had um, Darth Vader and Friends was the latest one that I got, and he, I was like looking all over the house for it before this interview because I was like, I don't know where that book's at because Quinn has hidden it somewhere. <laughs> so yeah, they're definitely you know. It, he is definitely loving, you know, just, I mean, he can't read yet, but just flipping through the stories and, uh, yeah, so they're definitely great yeah, for the kids. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, I think that's something that the, the Star Wars films have have done really well. I mean, I, I saw the first Star Wars movie when I was, like, two years old, and I don't really remember it, but my parents took me and my, my brothers are both older, and, you know, so I was just watching that movie from from the beginning essentially and I I just thought my older son didn't see it till he was I think maybe five um but my younger son is two and just actually coming home from celebration I got this idea that I really wanted him to watch Star Wars and and um so we've we've only made it I think an hour into it so far but he's just enthralled like and I think it's just you're seeing these amazing imagination imaginative creatures and spaceships and just this this um this world that you just um don't don't see every day and i think that's that's one of the things that makes the book so much fun for me to draw is is just getting a chance to um just really draw those things well, there's actually two um, pages. I do love the running gags, but specifically from Darth Vader and Son. And one of them I wanted to know if you had personal experience with, but the one where they're actually in the cantina and Vader's telling Luke, don't make bubbles. Um, that one is actually, you know, my I got to say my son Oscar has been, he's pretty good about not blowing <laughs> bubbles. But my brothers and I, on the other hand, that, that, that was us. That's us <laughs> growing up, like just constantly just... Yeah, that and, you know, making that noise when there's, like, nothing left in the drink, but <laughs> just enough to make noise with the straw. The slurpy noise? The slurpy, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah so that's one, one that was, I guess, more more about me than, than uh, as, a, as a kid. Yeah, I think that's one of the cool things about these books, too, as, as a parent reading it or reading it to my son – uh, the situations that are in them are very relatable and like just like the the example there that Teresa pointed out with the blowing the bubbles you know my son does that every single night at dinner no matter how many times <laughs> how, how many times we tell him that his drink is not a toy he always will blow bubbles and so yeah so it's like I'm reading through that and smiling you know thinking yep that happens to me you know so it's yeah. it's great for it's entertaining for for parents because they can they can definitely relate with the situations well, and I also think it's really good, too, because there's some very, I guess, in-universe Star Wars gags in here. You know, like um, the page with Greedo, where he's talking about, you know, that he pushed him. Right. <laughs> and Vader's like, well, did you push him first? <laughs> you know? <laughs> so just some pretty funny stuff. So why don't you tell us a little bit about Darth Vader and Friends and what people who are reading that book soon can expect from it? Yeah, um, well, you know, I, I felt like I'd covered a lot of the parenting territory in the first two books, and um, 
I don't, you know, I didn't really want to follow up with a book where Luke and Leia are going off to college now, and or you know, maybe after the Force Awakens comes out, I can I can move along and or something. But um, and my idea, my initial idea was actually to just do a book about um, C three PO and R two D two, just to totally change direction and just do a funny book about them being best friends. Um, but my editor at Chronicle was like, you know, are you sure you don't, you know, wouldn't it make sense to have some of the other friendships of Star Wars um, in there? Are you sure you can, I mean, is there enough material with C-3PO and R2-D2 alone? And I realized that um, really because they're, those those droids are comic relief, it would, it would have been really hard to just do a funny book that wasn't just, you know, scenes from the film showing them being funny. And Star Wars just has this this rich theme of friendship throughout the movies where, you know, you've got Han and Chewie and um, Luke and Ben, you know, 3PO and R2, obviously. But, um, and I thought, you know, that's actually would be kind of a nice, a nice follow-up to the parenting um, books and just kind of widen the, the, the scope of the relationships. And, um, so you'll see, see lots of, lots of Luke and Leia's little kids along with, with Lando and Han and Chewie, but, um, also, you know, Vader and the Imperial officers who, who want to be his, his friends and, um, even managed to get a little bit of the, the prequel characters in, in there too. So you, I, I would do want to ask you about an interesting creative choice that you made in uh, Darth Vader and friends. And that's the scene where you have the force ghosts and you have, yeah. <laughs> you have the kind of the infamous special editions, you know, where we have Anakin, young Anakin as the force ghost. But in your version, you actually have Darth Vader in full armor. Um, was there any, you know, was that kind of your way of saying that that's the way that you wish it would have stayed or was that just for the joke itself? I think it's, it's more of a, a joke itself, kind of in the same way that, you know, I managed to get a joke about, you know, who, who shot first. Um, you know, I, I don't so much want to have an opinion about it because I think for me, um, that's not that's not really it's not really important in the in the bigger picture you know um the the special editions don't don't ruin the original movies for me um the the changes don't they're there but um you know overall like what what i love about star wars is still there in whatever version i'm watching and um i think being being militant about it just kind of takes takes away too much of the fun for me and so but i you know at the same time it's you know it's fun to put those jokes in. there's also you know invaders little princess there's a joke about no and um <laughs> there's there's a midichlorian joke that didn't make it into darth vader and friends so um you know i i i think it's fun to, to poke fun at that but it's 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 definitely not with with any kind of grievance coming with it. <laughs> well, do you have a favorite character that you like to write or draw or both? Um, I mean, 
I guess for the other Star Wars books they do, the Jedi Academy series, um, Yoda is still a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, for these books, it's it's really just at this point just any any characters that I haven't got to draw a lot. Like I would have liked to, to uh, draw more of the bounty hunters in Darth Vader and Friends, but um, I just the jokes I had for them just never got developed enough to make it into the book. Um, I really like drawing IG88 and Boba Fett's actually he's really fun to draw. Um, and little Luke and little Leia, I mean, at this point, they're really easy for me to draw because I've drawn them so much, um, but they're still really fun. When is Darth Vader and Friends coming out? I forgot, and I don't have my paper in front of me. I think it's uh, uh, next Tuesday, a week from, uh, to, so April 28th from, uh, so just in time for May, May the 4th. Oh, so that'd be great, yeah. Do you That'd have be cool, any? Because there will be a lot of events going on. Do you have any upcoming uh, projects, uh, Star Wars or non-Star Wars related, that you would like to tell our listeners about? Um, well, for for anyone who's interested, uh, there's uh, also coming out this summer, Jedi Academy three. Um, we'll kind of wrap up those stories. That'll be out from Scholastic uh, toward the end of June, and. Um, I also I designed a couple of T-shirts for Uniqlo, uh, the Japanese clothing company. So I think those are actually available. I don't know if you have to go online or they're in stores or what, but um, you can also look for those. All right, very cool. So if anybody wanted to find you online or interact with you or ask you any questions, how could they do that? Um. Well. You can go to my website, jeffreybrowncomics.com, and that has links for um, my email and my P.O. box and my blog. And um, I'm not really on social media, but I'm, I think I'm still fairly accessible through those, those means. Thank you, Jeff, so much for hanging out with us for a little while. Yeah, thanks very much for having me. So those were really fun interviews, and I'm glad that we got to talk to all of those authors. I know we've had John Jackson Miller on our show before, but we've never had Christy Golden or James Lucino or Jeffrey Brown. So those were all firsts for Star Wars Bookworms, so that was awesome to get to talk to all of them. Yeah, well, we have interacted with Christy Golden because we did get to spend some time with her at Dragon Con last year, but um, this was really cool to actually just talk to her one-on-one and see her excitement for Star Wars. Like, I love talking to her. She's a really fun person, so... I can't wait to have her on the show like proper once Dark Disciple comes out. But um, anyway, so we hope you guys enjoyed the interviews. And I guess this is the end. Yeah, I guess Sad it's time to, time to wrap it up. So, um, so on our next episode, we are planning to review Heir to the Jedi. So if you haven't read it yet, pick it up, read it so you can listen to our next episode. If everything goes well, we will have another episode for you guys where we will just be reviewing the Jeffrey Brown books. So maybe we will do that in the same episode. Or maybe not. Who knows? I guess <laughs> we, we'll see. We like, to keep it, we like to keep our options open. 
because it yeah, seems like lately we just when we, we say know. we say we're going to review something and then we don't and then we say we're going to review it and we don't so this way we can just say we probably are going to review air of the jedi and the jeffrey brown books in our next episode so just in case we do make sure you read them yes sounds good to me <laughs> get prepared so as usual you can follow us on twitter at sw bookworms you can email us, starwarsbookworms at gmail.com. If you shoot us an email, we will most likely read it on the show. We and, will read it on the show. Yeah, we, we will. And check us out on Facebook. Actually, we just posted a ton of pictures from Star Wars Celebration of, you know, pictures of the panel, pictures of people that we were hanging out with, pictures of just stuff that was going on, awesome costumes. So go over to Facebook, check out that album. Um, and, you know, if you weren't able to go to Celebration, you can get a little bit of a taste of our experience there. And as always, you can leave us a review on iTunes if you listen to our show and you really enjoy it. We'd love for you to head over there, give us a nice five-star review. It helps other people find our show. And you can find Teresa on Instagram and Twitter at IceColdPenguin. And you can find Aaron. He's at AVGoins. So until next time, keep on reading. And may the force be with you. Totally stole it from you. You can do one, too, if you want. Bye-bye. I'll just cut it out. <laughs> no, it's okay. <laughs> the end. <laughs> <laughs>